Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. President Trump in Ohio today touting the incredible, incredible economic numbers that are happening right now in our country. I'm sure you know the ones I'm talking about. It's those ones that, remember President Obama said we were going to need a little magic wand to create those numbers? <laughs> All right, before I get to the great economic news, I want to share with you what North Dakota Representative Mary Adams said earlier on Facebook. Uh, this was, I believe, in February, but here's what she posted. Wow, I did this civic test on Facebook recently. Just realized that if anything happened to the president or vice president, Nancy, as Speaker of the House, would become president. We can always dream. A couple things. One, is that a threat to the president of the United States? Is that a threat to the president of the United States? Two, a lot of you on my Facebook page are going, wait a second, she serves in our legislature and she just realized that if you lose the president or the vice president, that means the Speaker of the House becomes president? The other thing you want to look for, because I'm going to share some more of this for you with you in a moment, will the North Dakota Democrat Party denounce this kind of rhetoric, denounce what Representative Mary is talking about here? Because I want to share with you also who she compares many of you to. As we know, President Trump's got a high approval rating here in North Dakota. Many of you are President Trump supporters, mega movement people, make America great again. And you can see for yourself here what Mary Adams thinks about you. Yeah, she thinks, hey, if you're a Trump supporter, then you must be also a Hitler supporter. She compares President Trump to Hitler several times. And I want to take a moment and thank Rod for emailing me uh, just before the show and saying, hey, be sure and go check out Rob Port at sandingblog.com because Rob's got up on a post there. He says, uh, according to Rob, Representative Adams did not want to be in the same chamber when our current Congressman Kelly Armstrong showed up, I believe, at the chamber yesterday. So she didn't want to be in there. Then Minority Leader Josh Boucher, good for him, said, hey, no, you got to be in the chamber here. This is respect for the office. But Representative Adams would not stand and or clap for Congressman Armstrong. Love to know your point of view on what you see there from one of our state representatives suggesting that, hey, if you're a Trump supporter, that equates you to a Hitler supporter as well. When you think about it this way, considering how well the economy is going for most Americans, why in the world would anybody be dreaming about a Nancy Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi presidency where she's going to go run the economy into the ground? She's not going to have the old magic wand. She's going to run the economy into the ground with this Green New Deal or Green New Dream or whatever she wants to call it. And many of you other may go, oh, yeah, Berg, okay, the economy. Just to show you how the American people feel right now about the economy, this is a CNN poll. CNN, fake news CNN, Jim Acosta did a poll, and seven in 10 Americans right now say the economy is in good shape. 70% of Americans like what's happening in the economy. Thank you, tax cuts. So President Trump, knowing it was a CNN poll, tweeted this out, uh, I believe it was yesterday, if you will, said, hey, amazingly, CNN just released a poll at 71%, saying that the economy is in the best shape since 2001, 18 years, <laughs> I love this. Wow, is CNN becoming a believer? Are they starting to get turned around and go, you know what, we've done everything we can, we've thrown everything we can, even including Russia, 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 at President Trump, and he still has got pretty outstanding approval ratings considering the mainstream media, i.e. the fake news, is the enemy of the people. Now, most Americans in the workforce, we see our wages going up, all kinds of things that are going in the right directions. In fact, President Trump in Ohio today said this about the economy. This, more Americans are working today than ever before in the history of our country. Almost 160 million people. More than ever before, by far. 
And if you look at African-American, you've heard me say this many times, African-American employment is at an all-time low unemployment. Asian-American unemployment is at an all-time low. Hispanic unemployment, an all-time low. Women's unemployment, 65-year low. Wages going up. Uh, most Americans ever in the history of our country in the workplace. Black and Hispanic unemployment, all-time lows. Women unemployment, 60, what do you say, 65-year low. And yet we've got a state representative that wished something would happen to President Trump and, of course, this economy. Does that make any sense to you? Oh, by the way, not only are we having economic prosperity right now in our country, but remember that JV team? The JV team that President Obama once talked about? Yeah, those people called ISIS? This was President Trump on his way to Ohio. I brought this out for you because this is a map of everything in the red. This was on election night in 2016. Everything red is ISIS. When I took it over, it was a mess. Now, on the bottom, that's the exact same. There is no red. In fact, there's actually a tiny spot which will be gone by tonight. So, booming economy, 70% of Americans like the direction the economy is going. We are wiping out ISIS and their entire caliphate. Remember those people that were chopping off the heads of American citizens? And yet, you've got Representative Mary Adams out of North Dakota going, hey, what if something was to happen to president or vice president? Pretty stunning, folks. Pretty stunning. We'd love to know your point of view on that. All right. Representative Mary Franson out of Minnesota uh, was fortunate enough to go speak at the United Nations recently about a very controversial topic. So we had a chance to sit down with her, find out what she spoke about and a future of one of her bills that she's trying to get signed off on this session. Representative Franson, welcome back to Point of View. Great to have you with us. Uh, you had a chance to speak at the United Nations in New York recently. Uh, what were you speaking about and how to go? Uh, yeah, so the topic at hand, uh, first off, I was invited by an organization called MALA National. MALA stands for Muslim American Leadership Alliance. And they had received some calls from uh, individuals concerned about female genital mutilation. Uh, one of the calls was a mother went to a physician and asked if this could be performed on her daughter and uh, somehow that call got routed to Mala asking, is there some place we can go to get some help or to intercede on behalf of this um, girl who was about to get harmed? And Mala did some uh, checking and found um, it was very difficult to find out where can a family go? Where can a girl go? Where can somebody go to get some answers here in the United States? So they put forward this, this is their second uh, panel on addressing FGM in the United States. And what the panel was at the United Nations as part of a week long event on, on women's issues. But the panel that I participated on, it was myself and four other individuals highlighting the need for why we need to start talking about female genital mutilation and what can we do as far as steps to prevent and protect girls from being harmed. 
So I think a couple of interesting things. Uh, back in 1990, it wasn't as prevalent. 2012, over 500,000 young girls in America uh, were faced with FGM. I know you put a bill in the Minnesota House uh, back in 2017 that did not get uh, signed into law. I guess the ultimate question is, is it sounds, according to the CDC, there's some prevalence here in the United States, but how prevalent is it in Minnesota? I mean, why put a bill up? Some people are saying it's not really happening in Minnesota. Correct. That is that is the uh, that is probably one of the comments that I get. Why would you bring this forward? This doesn't affect anybody here. And I would disagree with that. Two girls we know of for sure were taken from Minnesota uh, to Michigan, brought there by their mothers. These young girls thought they were going on a girls' trip with their mothers, and instead were victimized and brutalized by uh, by a physician, and uh, they were they were harmed. They're, they were mutilated, and uh, the case went uh, to a federal court, and the judge ruled that it was unconstitutional to to punish the uh, person who did the cutting, uh, saying that um, it had to do with um, state lines and um, that. Um, the charges were dropped and it was kicked back to the states. The states needed to do something to address that it was not the proper role of the federal government. Uh, very sad, very shocking for such a judge to rule that way. And uh, there is a movement to appeal that decision. But until then, states do need to get active. Like I said, those two young girls. So when I did some checking into Minnesota law, in 1995, I believe it was 1995, a law was put into place that um, would would prevent or made it a criminal act for somebody to actually perform or knowingly perform uh, the procedure on a child. However, Minnesota law was silent on the parents saying, hey, I want somebody to break the law and have my child, my child cut. So... That's why I brought the bill forward. I wanted to classify female genital mutilation as child abuse and treat it like any other child abuse case. And in this case, um, have it added uh, to the list of crimes that constitute egregious harm or substantial child endangerment, which would include criminal sexual conduct or assault with a dangerous weapon, which could be a knife. So and then I, 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 um, let me parents ask you, let me could ask. lose custody of their children for allowing this. Right, and there's a, there's a person here from an organization, Faroon Welly, that calls you a domestic terrorist because you want to uh, rip kids away from their parents if they want to do this FGM uh, procedure. One other thing in yes. Somalia, you know, according to the to UN, 98% of Somali young women end up going through this procedure. It's a allegedly a cultural thing, not necessarily a religious thing. My question for you is your bill, again, it failed back in 2017. I believe Representative Elon Omar was part of that conversation. She's clearly from Somalia. Minnesota's got the biggest Somalia population, uh, you know, in an area in the country. What was the feedback from Representative Omar about your bill and other Somalis about uh, what you're trying to do, considering that it's such a cultural situation for them? So as you can see there, there's a lot more to that interview. It's a very hot and controversial topic right now. So we'll be posting the entire interview up on our Facebook page if you want more information about the future of Representative Mary Franson's bill 
on FGM. All right, tomorrow there's a hearing that's going to be continuing in the North Dakota House about the private property bill that's changing the trespassing laws here in North Dakota, potentially impact private property owners as well as hunters. Many hunters in the past have been used to be able to sort of show up on land, use the land if they want. That is changing. So President of the Farm Bureau, North Dakota Farm Bureau, President Daryl Lees joined us to talk about that and much more. Daryl, welcome back to Point of View. Always great to have you here. Let's talk about this private property bill. Uh, they're going to extend the hearing in the House coming up tomorrow. I know there's some, there were some amendments, but the rub is obviously, hey, if I'm a sportsman, I've always had access to land. Private property is going to wait a second. This is my land. What happens tomorrow? Where does this thing go? So the, the hearing started last Thursday, and as we all know, there was a uh, little winter storm that went through the area, and, and luckily not near as bad up here as our neighbors to the south further. But... So Chairman Johnson of the Ag Committee said, you know what, we're going to leave this hearing open and we're going to reconvene next Thursday, which is tomorrow, in the afternoon after the floor session and let anyone that didn't make it in and wants their voice heard to be able to come in here. Because let's face it, if you're a rancher last Thursday, you weren't leaving your ranch. You were tending to your livestock, tending to your livelihood. So we're, we're thankful that Chairman Johnson understood that and and there was no no disagreement between all the committee members that that needed to happen so folks could get in there. And plus on the sportsman side, there was folks, you know, that probably didn't get there from the eastern part mm -hmm. of the state that wanted to say some things that may show up tomorrow also. Is there anything new going to be said? After you get it through about five or six, you know, testimonies on each side, the uniqueness in the testimony starts to go away because it's... It's pretty common theme on each side of the issue. So the changes that are made, the amendments was the fact there's going to be an app created now. So if I'm up in Fargo and I want to go, you know, pheasant hunting Mott, I can go look at Mott and go, hey, here's the land that's open, the land that I can hunt. This is the, the land that's going to be posted. I can't step on that. Is that an accurate assessment, essentially? Yeah, so it's going to be very simply stoplight. Green is go ahead hunt. Yellow is with permission. So, you know, request it. And red is, no, don't ask. We've got other situations set up where we don't allow hunting or we've got so many family, whatever, it's just don't ask. So it's green go, yellow, yeah, you can proceed with permission. Uh, so here's the information for permission. And red is, no, we don't allow hunting, so don't bother us. And is there going to be a situation where I can go on this app and then maybe even email that person in Mott and go, hey, I'm interested in hunting there, I'll be there on such and such a day? Is that going to be part of it? Or? So it, all that information is going to depend on the advisory committee that gets oh, set okay. up of how they lay out the game plan for that. But this bill protects private property rights, it protects agriculture folks, farmers and ranchers, and it also protects the tradition of hunting in North Dakota. That's what I Some may debate that, but does it pass as is to the House, and does Governor Burgum sign it? I think, uh, I think it'll pass. Uh, there might be some changes. There's, we're hearing there's some possible amendments, but I think it can pass the way it is, and I think Governor Burgum signs it all at right. that point. Let's talk about it all. So the, the lack of corporate farming, actually, that's taken place here in North Dakota. Now they want to add second cousins to the law. Uh, it just I'm not a farmer, so maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but some of the stuff just seems ridiculous to me. What am I missing? Well, so right now... You can have a family farm corporation in North Dakota if your first cousins are closer related. So the state of North Dakota, the, the government is telling you who your family is and isn't. We're trying to expand that to include up to second cousins because we have folks right now, especially on the eastern part of the state where the farms are older. This is the part of the state that got settled first that are bumping up against second cousins coming in to their family farm corporation and they're going to have to dissolve but why that corporation. Why even limit second cousins? Going. Why not just open it up? Because this fight is harder to win than you think uh, it is, Chris. It's it, any little change 
there's another ag organization in this state that if we change the word the somewhere in that language, they'd probably try and refer it. They came in against expanding it to second cousins. They thought that was they did. That was opening up a Pandora's box of doom. Wow. So when's the hearing on this, and what do you see the future of this bill? So sometime in April. We don't know an exact hearing date yet. Um, we, we think it passes. Uh, we think it'll pass the Senate. Uh, it started in the House, and it passed easily there. Uh, we feel confident that uh, Governor Bergen will sign that once it gets there, too. Now, there's some talk that there's, a, there's an amendment going to be added from the Attorney General, and that is in relation to the loss they had that they have to change language in the lawsuit that we're involved with with the state of North What do you Dakota. mean specifically? So the word domestic has to come out for cor a family corporation. So that family corporation no longer has to be incorporated in the state of North Dakota. That's, that's one of the things that has to be changed because of the outcome of the lawsuit that we had filed back in 2016. Thank you so much to President Lees. We'll obviously keep you abreast of what's happening there in the ag community with some of the bills going through our legislative session. All right, stay with us. Coming up, President Trump yesterday talked about the hashtag Stop the Bias, and he's going to look into all the bias that's happened on social media to squelch conservative voices. Stop the Bias was started by Laura Loomer. I had an interview with her today. We're going to share with you a little bit about that at the end of the show. And, of course, share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back. In tonight's Final View, yesterday, President Trump tweeted this out, saying he was going to look into why his social media chief was being blocked on Facebook. And at the end, as you can see, he also put hashtag Stop the Bias. Well, that's a movement that was created by Laura Loomer. She was banned from Twitter back in November. So earlier today, I did a podcast with Laura Loomer. I'm going to be posting it up there soon for you. But one of the things I asked her, I said, hey, so what would you like to see President Trump do? As, he's, as social media continues to squash conservative voices, what do you want him to do? Here's some of what she had to say. Well, I'd like to see him hold these uh, these these companies accountable. I would like to see uh, them lose their protection as um, platforms because they're publishers, and they're essentially now more powerful than than the government. And when you have a company that is so powerful that they're blocking the social media director for the president of the United States, I mean that is interference. That's collusion. Great, great interview. We talked about that. She spent some time with Roseanne Barr yesterday. We touched on that as well. So, again, we'll be posting that soon on Facebook and on our podcast. So, please check it out here. We're going to bring up that graphic, please. But it's uh, the Point of View podcast with Chris Berg. If you've got a podcast service, just go ahead and search Point of View uh, podcast with Chris Berg. It should pop up for you, I'm assuming. You obviously can uh, subscribe to that and then listen to my interview with Laura Loomer. Uh, let's see if we got a quick update here on the Bison game before we go, because it's 49-36. Point of view, this is the show that's fighting for the truth for you. We'll see you back here very, very soon.